Tomography, an innovative technique for assessing forest carbon storage. Researchers from the Connecticut Agriculture Experiment Station and the University of Massachusetts have pioneered the use of tomography for assessing carbon storage in trees. While assessing this technique's capabilities, they found that tree damage caused by wood-decaying fungi means that forests store less carbon than previously thought. As forests play a vital role in sequestering atmospheric carbon, the team's work has important implications in the fight against climate change. Their results suggest tomography could offer greater insight into forest carbon cycles, allowing decision-makers to implement more effective policies to mitigate climate change. Wood Decaying Fungi and Carbon Human-induced climate change is arguably the most pressing issue facing society today. Its main driver is an increased concentration of atmospheric carbon dioxide, which traps heat energy and causes the planet to warm, leading to an array of negative consequences. In fact, carbon dioxide levels have risen by almost 45% over the past two centuries, primarily caused by humans burning fossil fuels. The world's forests play a vital role in absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and storing this carbon as wood during the process of photosynthesis. Widespread deforestation means that this process is severely reduced, causing levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide to rise further. Therefore, today's most commonly used climate models take forests and future deforestation into account when predicting future atmospheric carbon levels and climate scenarios. However, one factor that has not been accurately accounted for in our current climate models is internal wood decay, which is the process whereby fungi decomposes wood inside of living trees, resulting in the release of carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere, partially offsetting the amount of carbon that trees absorb. As part of the collaborative project, researchers from the Connecticut Agriculture Experiment Station and the University of Massachusetts have found that the amount of carbon absorbed by forests may be significantly overestimated in climate models due to their failure to accurately account for carbon loss through internal decay in living trees. In order to obtain a more accurate picture of the planet's future climate and to identify the most effective solutions to climate change, this important factor must be accounted for. However, Wood-decaying fungi are some of the most difficult plant pathogens to study because they are mostly hidden to us. Notes Dr. Nicholas Brazi from the University of Massachusetts. Specifically, many of these fungi live within trees, making it challenging to diagnose decay with simple visual assessments. Dr. Brazi and Dr. Robert Mara of the Connecticut Agriculture Experiment Station, who leads the project, set out to find an accurate and non-destructive method of testing trees for internal decay, which could be used to measure the scale of such decay in the world's forests. Observing Decay Over the past few decades, researchers have attempted to measure internal decay in trees without causing too much damage. Previous methods have all involved drilling into trees, which has the potential to compromise their long-term health. In contrast, more recently developed methods are minimally evasive, causing little, if any, damage to the health of the tree. One such method is called sonic tomography, which measures the speed of sound waves as they travel through wood. Because sound waves travel slower through lower-density materials, this technique is able to identify decayed wood, which is less dense than non-decayed wood. Complementing sonic tomography, electrical resistance tomography measures the electrical conductivity of wood, Moisture builds up in wood as it decays, and its electrical conductivity increases. Based in Germany, the company Argus Electric, GmbH, 
recently developed a piece of equipment called the PICUS Toolbox, which employs both sonic tomography and electric resistance tomography in tandem. Theirs may be the only equipment that uses both sonic and electric resistance tomography in tandem, synergistically, to more accurately assess the internal condition of a tree, states Dr. Mara. Although the PICUS toolbox is primarily used by arborists to identify internal decay and cavities in trees and assesses the associated risks, Dr. Mara and Dr. Brazi wish to test the feasibility of using the equipment to identify and measure the volume of decay and cavities. They then use these data to develop a method of estimating the resulting loss of carbon. In an initial study, Dr. Brazi, Dr. Mara, and two other colleagues assessed the equipment's ability to identify and measure decay and cavities in three hardwood species in Connecticut. After collecting sonic and electrical residence tomography data on nine trees, three of each species, the team then felled the trees and cut their trunks into sections to assess how accurate the results were. The team found that the tomographic results were remarkably well-matched to what they observed inside the tree. As it employs both sonic and electrical resonance tomography, the PICUS toolbox provided a far more accurate and detailed assessment of the trees compared with using either of these techniques on their own. For five trees that showed decay, the team was also able to accurately estimate the amount of decay. Furthermore, the researchers were able to estimate the amount of carbon that had been lost due to decay observed in the tomographed portion of the trees. After this successful initial study, the researchers were hopeful that this combination of sonic and electrical resonance tomography could be used to dramatically improve our knowledge of the extent of decay in forests worldwide and the resulting loss of carbon. A deeper look at carbon loss. Several years later, with funding from the National Science Foundation, Dr. Mara and Dr. Brazi more thoroughly investigated the carbon loss resulting from internal decay in trees. Using the PICUS toolbox, they expanded on their initial study by investigating 72 northern hardwood trees. First, the researchers further refined their methodology for identifying and quantifying decay. Employing the PICUS toolbox and optimized mathematical methods, they demonstrated that they could accurately measure the incidence and severity of internal decay and also distinguish actively decaying wood from hollowing cavities. They did this by comparing their tomographic data to 105 cross-sectional samples taken from 47 of the study's 72 trees. Overall, the technique was able to effectively identify varying degrees of decay in 95 of the 105 cross-sections. Tomography misidentified small cavities as active decay in the remaining 10 cross-sections. Then, by measuring the amount of carbon in the non-decayed and decayed wood samples and comparing these results with their tomographic data, Dr. Mara and Dr. Brazi developed a method of calculating carbon loss. On average, they found that the carbon density of actively decaying wood was 27% lower than that of non-decayed wood. Using these data, they estimated varying degrees of carbon loss, with some of the study's trees having lost as much as 34% of the carbon in their lower bowels due to active decay and cavities. Climate change and reforestation Our results show that internal decay has the potential to be an important countervailing force to sequestration reducing overall carbon storage in living trees, says Dr. Mara. This has important implications for current carbon storage models, which currently do not accurately account for internal decay and the consequent loss of stored carbon.
Improving current understanding of these processes is vital if we are to make accurate predictions and take the best course of action against climate change. Forests are increasingly being recognized for their role in the global carbon cycle by reducing greenhouse gases through carbon sequestration, explains Dr. Mara. However, if internal decay is not accurately accounted for in models that quantify carbon storage rates in forests, then such rates may be overestimated. The researchers' work has important implications for reforestation efforts. Currently, older forests are believed to have a greater impact on carbon dioxide levels than new forests, as older trees absorb and store more carbon. However, the likelihood of decay also increases with age, partially offsetting this effect. If internal decay turns out to be widespread in forests across the globe, the difference in the amount of carbon captured and stored between older and younger forests could be less significant. Therefore, reforestation initiatives may be comparably more effective than previously thought at tackling climate change. Public Safety and Tree Conservation In addition to estimating forest carbon stocks, the team also wished to apply tomography and adapt their methodology for the purpose of ensuring the safety of trees in populated areas. In a study led by Dr. Daniel Burkham of the Center of Urban Greenery and Ecology in Singapore, the research team used the data obtained by their study of 72 hardwood trees to develop effective methodology for assessing the strength or load-bearing capacity of decaying trees. Taking tomographic data and cross-sectional photos of trees containing regions of decay, Dr. Burkham used a color scale to represent the speed of the sound as it traveled through the wood. Using the PICUS software, the fastest sound speeds in non-decaying wood were depicted as varying shades of brown, while slower speeds were depicted as green, violet, and blue, in order of increasing wood decay. The team tested out several mathematical methods incorporating regions of varying degrees of decay as depicted by the colors. In doing so, they were able to find a mathematical method that most accurately predicted the loss of load-bearing capacity, which could be used to determine whether a tree poses a risk to public safety. The above study focused on three hardwood species, American beech, sugar maple, and yellow birch. Another tree that the researchers were interested in is the American elm, as it is found in many populated areas in the U.S. This species is under severe threat from a fungal infection known as Dutch elm disease, which has given rise to safety concerns. Spread by both native and invasive bark beetles, this serious condition affects the tree's water transport system, causing the branches to wilt and die. To prevent the spread of the disease, many American elms are routinely injected with fungicide treatment. However, many believe that colonization by fungal pathogens through the site of injection may lead to a greater risk of internal decay. As Dr. Brazi explains, there are widespread concerns that the adverse effects of injecting may outweigh the benefits. Therefore, Dr. Brazi and his colleagues set out to investigate the effect of these regular injections on the long-term health of elms. Using the PICUS toolbox and with funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the team assessed 210 American elms, about half of which had been receiving regular injections, the rest of which had not. The researchers found that 31% of the elms that had been receiving regular treatment were decayed, compared to 29% of those that had been receiving irregular or no treatment. They found that this difference was statistically insignificant, meaning that the injections do not damage the structural integrity of trees and should be continued. In addition to ensuring the safety of those trees in populated areas, Dr. Brazi explains that the American elm is a culturally significant tree in the U.S. Therefore, tomography could also benefit its conservation, as culturally and historically significant trees 
American elms have a unique place in the urban forests of the Northeast, and preservation of these is a high priority, he says. Summary The work undertaken by Dr. Mara, Dr. Brazi, and their colleagues has advanced our understanding of the extent of decay in many different tree species and locations. The team hopes that their work will lead to better carbon and climate predictions, forestry management strategies, and tree conservation worldwide. Meet the researchers. Dr. Nicholas J. Brazi, Plant Diagnostic Laboratory, Center of Agriculture, Food and the Environment, University of Massachusetts, Amherst, Massachusetts, USA. Dr. Nicholas Brazee is an extension plant pathologist at the University of Massachusetts, where he directs the UMass Plant Diagnostic Lab. His duties include wood plant disease diagnostics, outreach with green industry professionals, and research on pathogens of landscape and forest trees. His primary research interest focuses on wood-rotting fungal pathogens of landscape and urban trees. Dr. Brazee earned his Ph.D. in forest pathology, UMass, before working as a postdoctoral researcher for the U.S. Forest Service at the Center of Forest Mycology Research. Contact Email nbrazee at umass.edu Website http colon backslash backslash extension.umass.edu backslash landscape backslash Dr. Robert E. Mara Department of Plant Pathology and Ecology, the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station, New Haven, Connecticut, USA. Dr. Robert Mara is an associate scientist in the Department of Plant Pathology and Ecology at the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station, based in New Haven, where his research focuses on fungal plant pathogens and forest pathology. In addition to research on the dynamics of carbon loss associated with internal decay, he also studies the population genetics of two fungal pathogens. Falsarium palustri, associated with sudden vegetation dieback in northeastern American salt marshes, and Neonectria ditissima, a forest pathogen causing cankers on a broad range of tree species. Following his Ph.D. in plant pathology at Cornell University, Dr. Mara did postdoctoral research in evolutionary biology at the University of Arizona and medical mycology at Duke University. Contact Email robert.mara at ct.gov Website https colon backslash backslash portal.ct.gov backslash case backslash about dash case backslash staff biographies backslash Robert dash E dash Mara. Are you thinking of an audiobook for your research? Go to www.scipod.globe now to find out how you can get one of your research papers.